Support for a quick timeout podcast is brought to you by our friends at Dr. Dish Basketball. College and professional teams from around the country rely on Dr. Dish shooting machines to help improve their players' development. Whether it's in the gym or at home in your driveway, Dr. Dish will improve your basketball workouts. To find out more about how Dr. Dish can help your program, visit drdishbasketball.com. Welcome into episode number three of Coffee with Coaches, a special episode today. For the first time in the show's history, I have a co-host with me. A lot of you will recognize Coach Wingreen, his name. He's been on the show a few times, kind enough to help me out with a few episodes this summer. And then another reason it's special is because we have Adam Bradley, founder of Lead em Up and also the Hardwood Hustle podcast. A lot of you probably are familiar with Adam. So, Andrew, Adam, thanks for hanging with me a little bit this morning. Yeah, good morning. Cheers. <laughs> Either of you guys coffee drinkers, or are we all faking it with water in our coffee containers? Decaf. All right. Hey, I'm the same way. I don't. I don't drink a lot, but it's usually decaf when, when I do. My dad makes fun of me because he just tells me that I have I drink cream and sugar with a little bit of coffee in it. So so far in three episodes, I've had one guy be an actual coffee drinker. The other one didn't even drink coffee. So I guess this is more so for the viewers drinking the coffee than it is for the people on the show. Talking a little bit about the actual what we're going to talk about today, centering around developing leaders, something that Adam, you've had a lot of experience with developing and working with teams through the lead them up program. The old adage is you'd rather have a player led team than a coach led team. And if I ask 25 different coaches what that looked like on a practical level, there's probably a good chance that I'd end up either with vague answers or simply different answers. So Adam, what does, what does a player led team actually look like for you? Yeah, I think from a player led team, it's when they, when the players can drive the initiatives um, in initiative, in addition to driving initiatives, it's when they can hold the level of standard within your program where it doesn't always need to be the coach maintaining that standard and driving those initiatives. So you want to see, you know, players take that initiative to put things together, right. To help create that energy and enthusiasm to help in, improve the communication. And when you're seeing that initiative from the players and you're seeing the players hold the standard, you know, I think the big thing about a player led team, it's just going to raise your team ceiling, right? Like it, you can be a really good team with a coach led team, but when you've got the players taking that ownership and onus and driving things themselves, it's just going to increase your team ceiling. So that's part of the reason why we need to always be working towards it. Um, but I think I always think about the initiative and the standards. When those two things are happening, it's communicating to me that we've got a team that's taking control of it themselves that really, really want it and are driving it for us. Adam, you talk about those initiatives and standards. I know you know, one of the hardest things as a coach, sometimes you sometimes get lucky with players who take control and they take that leadership role. But many times we have to develop those leaders within our team. But a coach who's looking to develop leaders and get that player led team, where do you start? Because I know some coaches are just looking, what's what's the first steps I take? How do I get going with developing leaders? Um, but just kind of talk with the maybe the starting point. You can be broad with that. But how do you start that process? Yeah, no, it's, it's obviously going to be very connected to your culture within the program, right? So if your culture is, is one that hasn't really put the onus on leadership, maybe just from a high level conceptual, maybe we talk about it in a very general, vague sense. Hey, we need leaders to step up. You're going to have to kind of pull back and, and kind of get back to the foundation of who you are, what you're about as a program, because it's going to be very tied to the culture. 
you know, I think one coaches can't get intimidated by this. They've got to be reminded, and this has helped me. Maybe it'll help others. Like, you know, every leader starts with zero weight on the leadership bar. We talk about that often, right? Very similar to like going into a gym, right? Every single person who's ever entered into the gym has put zero weight on the bar. They've all started there, but it's over time, little by little, you add fives and tens and 25s and 45s and you get stronger. The same is going to apply for our leaders. So, you know, for us, we've got to create a slow ramp into leadership. So I like putting little, small, little challenges to, to our players to kind of get them going, to begin building some, some momentum. So, you know, I, I think a lot of it will depend on where you are as a team. Let's just take like relationally. Let's say it's a new team, a lot of new members. We've had a couple of transfers. Relationally, we're not super strong right now. You know, I'm going to start putting a couple of challenges from a relational standpoint, right? To challenge them to just take some initiative from a relationship standpoint, not give it anything major, just very bite-sized where they can actually accomplish it and see some success. And then I'm going to praise that success. And then I'm going to kind of talk about the team. Hey, that was so good. You know, these last weeks, what we've done, you know, let's keep building on that. And then maybe I'll, I'll add a little larger. So I think it, from a coach standpoint, if I'm sitting here today trying to start it, I'm going to really kind of identify what areas of my team do I want to see growth? Right. Like, or where do I feel like we're not strong at? And then I'm going to start slowly giving them bite size, ramping up the process, giving them small tasks, challenges for them to do to build momentum. I'm then going to probably break it down, celebrate it, uh, talk about it and then build on it from there. So it's going to be different from every team. But I think the common principle of the slow ramp, the bite size activity, exercise challenge will help start building some momentum and start pushing us in the right direction. Do you feel like these are outgrowths of your core values? And what I mean by that is coaches talk about the importance of having core values and knowing. I, I just wonder how many coaches have sat down and said, this is what matters to our program. And then we expect our players to be leaders, but they don't know what they're leading in. Does that make sense? Like, like what characteristics does a, does a player think that they need to exhibit is that connected back to what your core values are? Yeah, I, you know, I think when I was saying earlier, like it's so connected to the culture, right? So the values are going to help kind of shape and guide and direct the culture. So it really is kind of what I was saying, stepping back and really taking an identification and, uh, of, and uh, understanding what is our core values? What is our culture? What are we really all about? And then allowing that, and let's say we've identified five things we want to stand for as a program that we want to represent and we want to own and take initiative on, then maybe looking through those five things and seeing where are we struggling, right? Like where, where do we need some work and then putting some tangible tools to help drive us and then being able to come back and kind of measure that and celebrate that and see how we're going. But yeah, I think you're going to, the topic of leadership guys, and you all know this is so far reaching, so wide ranging. There's so much involved. And it's, that's why the learning should never stop from a leadership standpoint communication, trust, accountability, relationships, focus, habits. There's so many things that kind of fall under this umbrella of leadership and, and, and being that person that we want to be from a leadership standpoint. You've got to really, you know, kind of narrow it down to like, what do you want to be about? And then begin defining it and then begin working towards, you know, I think a lot of times we just get, you know, we'll put like a core value of, integrity, right? 
you know, we our, our core value is going to be win, and the I will stand for integrity, right? And and we say that to the team. And that's such a big, big phrase. Like, what does that mean? What does that look like? What am I supposed to actually be doing, right, to kind of accomplish that? We've got to put clear definitions on each of these different things and then begin working towards implementing that and, and gaining momentum around it in our program. And what would you say for, you know, I know there's probably a lot of coaches who deal with players and maybe their best player on their team, but someone who who's really pushing back against either learning to be a leader. They don't want to go through the process of, you know, the development and, you know, this curriculum that I know you guys do with lead them up, or maybe they just, you know, they don't want to be that guy that everyone follows. But when a coach faces a roadblock with maybe a player or, several players on their team that's just pushing back to this, uh, what would be your advice or how would you handle that situation of pulling those players in? Yeah. Great, great question. I think this is one of the ones that most commonly get brought up, right? Well, how do we deal with those players that aren't buying in, especially when they're the, maybe the better players on our team and they have greater influence on everybody. So you know the importance of them being in. And I found that it's often not necessarily just a pushing back, but it's just not, it's just more of like a not, like they're just not embracing it, right? Like they, they may not be over the top, like disgruntled, but they're just not embracing it the way we need. I think that's where most coaches find themselves with those players. And you've got to prepare yourself for some hard conversations. You're going to have to have some serious conversations with this player. And, and I think oftentimes they just don't know what they don't know. They don't know what they're missing by not embracing it. They don't know what things could be like if they were to embrace it. I don't think they realize how influential they truly are within the team. And, and I don't think they know how much better they will be if everybody else raises their level, which they are have the ability to influence. So I think you've got to really have these conversations and, and challenge them in the sense of getting them to understand the potential, right? Because I think the leadership side, we all know, like if I work on my shot and I work on my game and, you know, you can tangibly see improvements on my shot percentage and, and my scoring per game, you can see these things improve. But when you talk about the leadership, it's almost invisible oftentimes. Like it's kind of hard to measure a little bit more and it's hard for a young person to truly see the impact. So for me, you know, it's a lot of conversations, you know, I, I, I'll sit there and identify, okay, this is a player of great influence on this team. We need this player, not just on the court, but we need this player's voice, him driving it or her driving it. And, and I'll begin to kind of pursue them pretty aggressively. And I'm having conversations like, Hey, how far do you want to go with this? Like this whole basketball thing, how far do you want to go with this? Like, man, I know you work hard, man. I see all the hours you're putting in the gym. I know you want this, but like, how bad do you really want this? And I begin to just kind of get an understanding and, and you'll hear things like, man, I want to go D1 or I want this. Like I'm trying to win it all. Right. And you begin just asking like, Hey, do you think you've got the guys to do it around you? Well, I don't know. You know, I don't know if I do, you know, I, I, I yeah, I think so. You know, and you'll, you may get a very response and say like, well, like, how much greater would your chances be if, like, each of those players, like, could just get to another level? Like, how much better would you be? Like, think about how bright are the spotlights, since that's kind of what you're chasing a little bit right now, maybe. Or you at least would love the spotlight more. 
how much greater would the spotlight be if your guys were that much better where, you know, each time you threw an assist, right, 30% greater are the chances that they make the shot, which then improves your assist number by 30%. So instead of you walking out of a game with four, right, you're walking out of the game with eight, right, because those four additional passes, they're actually making the shot. Like how much greater would it be if they got to another level? Right? Oh, and these are things you know the answers are going. What the answers are going to be, right? Because you're almost you're you're, you're kind of guiding them and setting them up, right, for where you want to go with the conversation. Because you know they're going to say, "I want the championship. I want the big scholarship. I want spotlight. I want to be successful. I want to dominate." And and then it's just backing out through there, right? Well, like, yeah. well, I'm gonna tell you, like, I really believe everything we have is in this room. Only if, though, the things in this room can get to another level. And the only way they can get to another level is to have the influencers around them driving them to another level, right? So when you don't challenge your teammates to another level, you are settling. And when you begin to phrase it in certain ways, you are settling with mediocrity. Because if you don't, you know, if the guys aren't quite where they are, where they need to be or where they could be, and you aren't challenging them or leading them, you're okay with them just being okay. We can't have that. You feel me on that right now? You know, I have some of these conversations and I certainly do not expect a conversation with a player to change them instantly. Okay. Even as good as you may be as a coach or a communicator, as inspiring as you may think you are, right. And phrasing it, but you're going to plant those seeds that I think are going to get some attention from them. Sure. Then it's going to require you to kind of keep watering it and keep pushing it and keep driving it. And then also seeing and showing them their success of their actions and their leadership. So they've got to see that. So if they do have little moments where they they kind of lead a person or they put their arm around a teammate, you know, it's, it's going up to them after and say, hey, you probably don't even realize this, but let me tell you something really quick. End of the second quarter, we called a timeout. We were walking over to the bench, right? Ryan, he had just had two turnovers in a row. You put your arm around him. I don't know what you said, but I promise you it was something uplifting, some type of encouragement. Did you see Ryan's performance in the second half? Hey, tell me Ryan's. Tell me what Ryan did in the second half. Let them talk, right? Oh, Ryan did this. Ryan did that. Man, he, he really he stepped up on defense. Exactly. I'm going to tell you right now, that would not have happened without your leadership in the second quarter. Right. There's a very strong chance that Ryan would have got in his own head. Right. He would have began just kind of beating himself up over some of the mistakes. He would have been distracted. He would have been off. Right. He would have been pressing to try to make up for what he just did in the second quarter. It would have been off. Things would have been off. I don't think Ryan plays that way without what you did. Your leadership almost saved us. When you begin to show them that they begin to see it. And then, as I always say, and if you listen to Harwood House, so that which gets praised gets repeated. You celebrate something like that. You show the tangible results from that. You will, you will, without a doubt, begin to see that behavior repeated. Yeah. Awesome. You, can you talk about the actual lead them up program? Because a coach sits there and listens to what you just said, and they may have an idea about how to do that better. The program isn't designed just for the players, though, right? I mean, it's to help the coach become better at developing leaders as well. Because whether it's on a small group basis or individually, like the example that you just gave, both of those are important to the, the leadership development of your players. So what does lead them up do 
for a coach to make him better at developing? I mean, it's really going to give you the tools and, and the exercises and the themes and concepts to help kind of drive your players into becoming greater leaders. You know, we say developing your athletes into the leaders needed to win, right? And and for us, I think what you can, you know, everything we say, everything is team tested, player approved, right? So like we'll work on an exercise, we'll have a concept or an idea, but like it's been, we will take it through various teams, different sports, different genders, different levels of competition. We will kind of use it. We will practice it. We will kind of massage it and tweak it ever so slightly. So I think from a coaching standpoint, you know, being able to have a tool that will truly help develop some of these leaders and, and teach them in a way that they actually get it. I, I can't, I can't overemphasize that enough. I am like OCD gentlemen, like obsessive on teaching athletes in a way that they learn. Okay. Like I just can't even get like, I, I am so fixated on engagement. I need kids to be all in and, and, and I'm working with the teams myself and, and I, I, I have to create the program in a way that like is enjoyable for them and engaging for them. But I also do it for my own personal selfish reason, right? Like if I'm going to work with a team for an hour every week for 12 weeks, I want them to enjoy it, right? Like it will be miserable for me if I'm like a lecture base, blah, vanilla type teaching program. And I've got to work with these kids every week for an hour. They're going to like, like dread it. Right. And then it, I'm going to walk in. They're going to look at me as I walk into the gym before our session and they'll like roll their eyes and they'll be like, oh, here we go. We got to lead them up today. It's a boring hour. So like I think that's part of the reason why we've been so focused on teaching in a way that kids actually learn and that they get to that point of like we get to versus we have to. So I, I think from that perspective, it'll allow you to teach it in a way that kids actually will embrace it. Right. We say everything's got to be memorable, portable and sticky. Those are the three priorities within our program. So they'll actually be able to uh, that they will enjoy it and they will actually receive the messages and you will begin to see growth from it. And I think that's just so, so big. And, and here's the other thing. And I'm, I'm, we're really big on conceptual language. And I love I would love to actually get your thoughts on this, too, gentlemen, like conceptual language. I think it is so important when we're building groups of people to get them all kind of speaking the same language that I, I think from a leadership and accountability standpoint and identity standpoint of who we are, where if we can simply say a quick phrase, but yet everybody knows what it means and everybody knows what it represents, right? I think you're, you're going to, drive things much greater when you can do that that universal language so like we are big on that we've got our green team right when when i say hey we need to be green build green that's simple statement it it, it actually when you break it down it, i mean we could talk about what be green build green is for hours but we've already done that with the team but after we've done that we can say be green build green they know exactly what it means Right. We can welcome a new teammate on and I can say, hey, Jake, hey, I need you to go for the goal for the next five minutes. Go for the goal for the next five minutes. Very deep. There's nuances in it, but he knows exactly what it is. Mm -hmm. And we'll say things like, hey, find your sugar salt balance. They know exactly what it means from a communication standpoint. Everybody does. We've taught it. 
We've framed it. We, they know exactly what it is. I can say, hey, we need, hey, we need to continue seeing lifeguards step into the water here. They know exactly what it means. And it's all centered around different you know, things conceptually within leadership. But it's so powerful when we're all on the same page and we clearly define it. And then when we begin to reference it, everybody knows what it means. I think it's so important. I love that idea of, I love the term conceptual, conceptual language. I know, obviously, as coaches, we talk about terminology and from on the court, X of the no standpoint, just having the same, same things we say and in practice. And when your terminology is off, it's really hard for guys to grasp those ideas. And I know that's something we've been talking as a staff all summer is, you know, we have to get our terminology and we have to get that, that set. But I love that idea of conceptual language because it, you know, it's a more vivid term. You talked about, you know, having things that are memorable. It was a portable, memorable, portable, and sticky. Yeah. Um, and I think those quick sound bites that you have, I would say, unique names, you know, green team, go for the gold, uh, nine clap. And I know last year I used nine clap with our guys. And it's just these vivid picture images that stick with you. And like you said, instantly, instantly everyone understands what's supposed to happen, what's supposed to take place. And it's fun. It's engaging. So I love that. And I think, Coach, to that point, like, I think part of the challenge that players and coaches have, and, and sometimes from a disconnect standpoint, I think oftentimes coaches are wanting something and they're hoping players can just figure out exactly what it is the coach wants and then meet it, right? And that's an unfair expectation, right? You know, we, we want to see certain energy levels. We want to see certain commitments. We want to see certain focus, and we'll say just general terms, like we need to focus, we need to be committed. And, and I think there's a there's a gap there, right? When the communication and the definition of those terms aren't clearly defined. So I think the conceptual language, at least in our approach, is us defining very clearly what every one of those things are. Okay. okay. And, and then, but putting like a little fun name and maybe an exercise around it so it's not just simply a lecture base this is what it is but they actually know they've actually gone through like a lesson on it and, and they understand the why behind it they they understand the value they understand the expectation and everybody's on the same page yeah everybody's on the same page and it allows you to then just raise the level and simplify the ongoing communication i can just say hey be green build green i don't need to go into this whole lecture again about what type of team we need to create and the type of team mates we need to be and the type of player we need to be to show up. I don't have to go through this every day. Be yeah. green, we know what it means. You're not being there, right? You keep showing up gray. We don't build special teams about being gray, right? It's very clearly defined. Simplifies yeah. things. Last week we had coach Nick on from B-Ball Breakdown and he said he was coaching a team and it was that year when Gangnam style was really popular and they had had just kind of like a fun interaction and had made it their own during the season and it got to the end of the year and they were playing a team and they weren't playing very well and they were playing real tight and he just said something about like Gangnam style and the team like started smiling, got loose turned a switch, completely turned the corner and just blew out the other team. And he felt like it was a cheat code. And I think that you mentioned communication, the aspect leadership, how important communication is. I don't think terminology is spoken about enough. And I think probably the reason we don't talk about it is because we as coaches just like to talk and send messages. Like you said, like we want to be the ones that are the rah-rah or we don't know how to do it. And the terminology isn't just like special fun phrases. It's making it your own. And I feel like that's when the players then 
you talked and spent time talking about that player that maybe is the, he doesn't really want to buy into things, but that's the kind of thing that can bring in somebody like that. And all of a sudden you have a, we mentality of this is our thing. And this is, this is what that means to our program. And like you said, you almost see like in a player's mind, a group of players' minds, they switch and now it's like, okay, this is us now. And I feel like in a team setting, that's extremely important, obviously, because you're going out and playing as a team. And it's funny you say that, Tony, if you don't mind me jumping in here. Because yeah. I just add to that, like, I, I think the players actually enjoy those little conceptual yes. like, conceptual language that are exclusive to the team. And, and here's an example of that. I remember one, one particular story. I remember watching one of my players post something about um, the green team. And we also have an exercise called the six. Uh, it's like a partnering exercise, right? And and those two, the first things that come to mind, I remember seeing a player post a, uh, a photo of their six, their teammate, who's their six, okay? And that they both are green. And in the phrase of the caption on Instagram, they made the comment like, yo, my six tearing it up last night, mm-hmm. green all day. That was the phrase. My six tearing it up last night on the court, green all day. And I, I, I love this, right? I remember seeing a couple students, I guess classmates of theirs, ask, what is six? Mm-hmm. What is green all day, right? And the player replied like, oh, it's inside talk. Mm-hmm. And it was so like simple, but like special, yeah. right? And, and I loved it because I understood like exactly what, no, this is inside talk. This is stuff that we've established within our group. That's like kind of you got to be in, right? And, and when people have that exclusivity, they, it feels cooler, right? They're like, "No, nah, this is us, right?" Like, that's not no, not not everybody knows it. My six, that's my thing, and they begin to embrace it. It feels cool. It's more exclusive. It helps create that that family bond that we've got our own little language here. I think that's a unique byproduct and just additional incentive to all the things of the simple conceptual language that we create. I heard a similar story the other day when we had uh, Steve Clifford, the Orlando Magic head coach on our Stetson podcast, but he said the Carolina Panthers, one of his good friends is one of the coordinators there, but like Luke Keekley and some of the leaders on the team, when, when they were developing their culture, they would say that that's not Panther talk. We don't, we don't say that here or, you know, we use Panther talk. And I thought, you know, that's just such a, such a powerful powerful thing, um, especially for someone who's maybe new to the culture from a different team or a transfer or, or, you know, whatever it might be, but it just establishes, this is who we are. This is how we talk. And um, I thought that's really powerful. But, but that's why it's important that the players really actually put time and attention because Panther talk is a great concept, right? And, and here's, what's important that our players and our coaches realize Panther talks a great concept. I'm sure at some point, Ron Rivera and the coaching staff at Carolina sat down and defined and illustrated what Panther talk looks like. Yeah. But it really is only when the players begin to embrace it. And this is when we go back to that original question from Tony about player led. Mm-hmm. It's really when the players begin to embrace it and, and use it and, and own it that we actually see the power of much of our leadership training come to fruition. Right. Panther talk, great concept, probably clearly defined makes perfect sense, but it isn't until a Luke Keekley begins referencing it, enforcing it, that it actually takes power, right? Which is why that, that coach-led versus player-led, right? It doesn't really actually get put into action 
and be creating those powerful results until the players do the things. So yeah. I, that's the first, that's what stood out to me, Andrew, when you were saying that Panther talk, great, but it was Luke Keekley. Yeah, exactly. Who in our opinion is green, right. As a leader begins to actually run with it when yeah. everything changes. I'd also love, you know, just thinking about, you know, this last dance documentary and thinking about Michael Jordan, who's another powerful leader, he leads in a totally different way. But, you, you know, just seeing some of these episodes where his teammates are now talking 20, you know, 20 years later about what they actually thought. Some said he was a jerk. Some said he was other things, but they all respected him. And I, I thought his leadership style really came to fruition and, you know, showed the world who he was. And I, I'd like to get your thoughts on that and how that translates. Cause I know, you know, kids in our culture, our society is not really made up like that anymore, but is that something, you know, I, I guess just what are your thoughts on, on his style and how that is portrayed? You know, I, I personally don't think we should spend too much time trying to emulate Jordan's leadership style. Okay. Yeah. Not because I don't agree with the leadership style because I, but rather I think Jordan's just such a rare breed, right? Like he can almost operate by a slightly different set of rules. Okay. He was uh, bigger than this world. He was like a global icon. You know, he could kind of operate. And, and I think I think we have to be careful not to like follow the path of outliers. Sure. Right. Because I really do think they're outliers. Right. I don't think that's like the norm. Right. That we should be following from a pattern standpoint. So I, I think Jordan was able to do some things and maybe operate in ways that like that the average person can't. Right. He's just because of his status, is it right? I don't know. You know, I don't know if it's necessarily right that he'd maybe be able to lead by a different set of rules, but you know, that kind of just constant rubbing of teammates, Scott Burrell and stuff like that, that constantly driving of just aggressive ruthlessness, almost not even caring about the feelings per se. You know, I, I don't think that's necessarily the way we should model. And I can tell you, unless you're like at a Michael Jordan level, it's not going to be responded well. In fact, it barely was responded well then, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, people didn't really enjoy it. Now, Michael's talent was so great that it could almost override it, right? Some of the deficiencies there. And obviously, yeah. in hindsight, you could say, well, everything he did worked because they won six championships. You could almost argue that. Well, you know, yeah, they won because they just were, he was just so good. But I mean, you look around it not everyone enjoyed every component of that process, right? It wasn't very enjoyable. People, you know, Steve Kerr really didn't feel like, I mean, it wasn't until he got in a physical altercation that he actually felt like embraced by one of his teammates, right? Could Steve Kerr have been more special even prior to that, right? Who knows? I mean, so I, I just think he's an outlier and we've just got to kind of, um, I read this the other day that it was, we should follow the patterns of success, not the individual stories of success. And I love that, right? Like that's a very unique individual story of success of how Michael handled it. But I don't think that's the consistent pattern that we should follow because I don't think that actually plays out to be successful on the long term, the general uh, environment. So, you know, I, I tend to think about that more than the other. And if that wasn't enough for people, your thoughts on the last dance, you guys have several episodes I saw, right? On Hardwood Hustle about that. Yeah, Sam Allen came to us with the idea. Sam Allen from PGC Basketball, one of the best people in the world, uh, just came to us with that idea about breaking down each episode or each group of episodes. So we've been doing that, and, and we've kind of used the phrase trying to take entertainment into education or turning entertainment into education. 
So just kind of breaking it down from the nuances and the different things to take away from it rather than just simply using it as entertainment, which it also is as well. Before we wrap up, can you tell people a little bit where they can find out more about Lead'em Up? And then you and I were talking beforehand about some of the things, special things you have going on. So maybe where where they can find out more and connect with you and then some of the things that you have. Yeah, no, absolutely. So you can go to leademup.com. Uh, that is our website. Uh, the way it works in a very simple format, we provide coaches access to our full library of drills and exercises and teaching concepts that you can then use with your team. It's an annual subscription, low cost. It's only $99. So we didn't really want to price it in a point that would price people out. So it's really accessible in that regard. Um, Go check out Lead'em Up. We've got two resources right now that in light of all of the coronavirus and where we are that I think are applicable. One, we've got virtual team sessions where we will actually, we've got four sessions that we're offering. Communication, accountability, relationships, and followership. And, and we'll take you through a 50 to 60 minute team session virtually via Zoom. And they've actually, they've actually exceeded my expectations. I wasn't quite sure how they were going to be. They've been extremely dynamic. In fact, 90% of the people that have signed up have signed up for a second time, okay, which has been a great, great testimony to it. Um, so we're doing virtual team sessions. We also have a free 21-day leadership playbook that we created early in the coronavirus process when we thought maybe it'd only be 21 days, right? Mm. Um, so much for that. And we created this thing just to kind of keep teams connected and just keeping the momentum going. And that's no charge. It's got a series of exercises that you do kind of together as a team while players are doing them individually. Uh, so you can just email info at leademup.com or you can tweet us or Instagram us and, and just get that. And, and Kyle will send that over. So yeah, just trying to do our part, right? I think we've got a unique angle on leadership and just how we, we teach it and present it um, in, in a way that really with the athlete mind in first, right? Like, are they going to get it? Are they going to embrace it? Is it going to impact them? Can it truly create a change? And you know, I think that's one thing that differentiates us. I think there's a lot of folks out there with great content, obviously, and, and everything they're sharing from a message standpoint is just really accurate and true and, and, and worthy to be shared. I just think our big difference is we just present it in a way focused on getting athletes to lock in on it, right? And be able to use it in that memorable portable and sticky. I really feel like that's our difference. And before we go, Andrew, instead of just letting Adam talk about lead him up, you and I both have been on teams that have done this. Reasons why you like it, reasons why you enjoy doing it. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely would highly recommend any coaches who are considering, um, you know, using lead him up. It's been really helpful, you know, for me as a coach, uh, just gives gives you some guidelines with the curriculum of, of how to, you know, the process of how to develop your leaders. Because I think sometimes, you know, it's maybe easy for a week or two, but just to keep an ongoing process uh, day in and day out, um, different exercises, different talking points, different, you know, just, it just gives you, gives you an idea of what to do for an entire season. And I know for me, it was really helpful. Our guys loved it. You know, even, you know, we'd come back, uh, couple of years later and our guys would be asking questions about what well, some of the original mm -hmm. games that I'm like uh zip zap zop and mm -hmm. uh viking one two three four five I can't I can't remember the name but I remember it like just years after guys were, were talking about stuff and um just really fun it's engaging I think our guys picked up on on these leadership principles and and really saw a change so I love it and Adam appreciate you for for doing all that I enjoyed being part of the activities and, and participating in the activities, even as the coach. 
And then the other, from a coach's perspective, I think some coaches sometimes think like, yeah, I, I know how to build leaders and that this just gives you a curriculum. It gives you a, you know, step-by-step things for you to do with your players. And I thought that was super helpful. But like Andrew said, sometimes as coaches at the beginning, we have great intentions and we start something, but then we don't necessarily continue on with it because other things become more important and we just don't have time to prepare, even though we say this is important. And I felt like lead them up allowed us to, we kept doing it throughout because there were things there that allowed us to continue to develop the leadership and we didn't have to come up with things on our own. So thank you for all the work that you've done with that and putting that together and uh, for being on the show today. Appreciate both you guys joining me. My pleasure. Appreciate it, guys. Be good. Call through with coaches. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Just really quickly, if you haven't heard yet about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will even distribute your podcast to Spotify and Apple Podcasts and other platforms so your show actually gets heard. You can even make money from your podcast no matter the size of your audience. It really is everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That'll do it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you again at the next time out.